0: Hello and welcome back to the Go For Two podcast, this is episode 22, I'm your host Liam Horsley and as always I'm joined by my co-host Patrick. Patrick, how are you doing on this sunny day mate?
1: Yeah, I'm good, slightly warm.
0: Yeah, I was going to say it's, uh, it's a bit warm in England for once, uh, I know we have at least two people uh, that are not from England that listen to this podcast every week and uh, they'll be shocked to hear it's not raining for once. So. Yeah,
1: Let's not complain though, I feel like everyone <laughs> complains when it's sunny, do you know what I mean? Let's soak it in
0: exactly yeah let's let's try we've still got a few weeks as well we don't have to go uh, sit inside for seven hours every Sunday to to watch American football so uh, let's uh, make the most of it for sure. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, Plan for today then Uh, latest division podcast so we're going AFC South today Uh, the Urban Meyer division as we're going to call it I think uh, on the podcast from uh, from now on but before then we've got a couple of little bit of news let's start with a I guess I start with the positive bit of news first. So uh, Taylor Motton, the right tackle for the Panthers, signed a new deal. I think yesterday um, came out of nowhere a little bit. I think I know the franchise deadlines to, to get extensions done were were yesterday. Uh, I think he was the only guy who got an extension out of it. So he signed a four-year, seventy-two million dollar deal, forty-three million at signing, which is which is rather large to be honest. Second biggest right tackle contract ever in terms of total money, third biggest in terms of guarantees. Uh, so hell of a deal, and I, I think it's quite a good deal. I'm glad the Panthers did it. I think their O line we spoke about before is is not great, and I think he is probably the best piece of it by far. And I like the fact they've tied him down. But uh, what are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, got to keep Sam Donald up right now. He's had his deal, hasn't he? So yeah, it was interesting that he was the kind of the only one. Yeah, got a deal as well. Not, a, I mean, there wasn't even seem to be any kind of rumours that anyone else was going to get a deal, was they? No,
0: Chris Godwin pretty much said we'll talk about it next off season. Alan yeah. Alan Robinson from all the reports basically wouldn't even have a conversation about it. So that makes it sound like they're going to be off. And uh, Mottam was the only one that was even doing any kind of negotiations, and, and he gets a big payday, which is good for him.
1: Yeah,
0: definitely. What are your thoughts on him as a player? You think? Uh, He'll stick at right tackle there for the future. Uh, I know there's an incentive in his contract, interestingly enough, that says if he gets any all-pro votes at left tackle, he receives a million dollars extra in bonuses every single year. Oh, really? Yeah, so I do wonder, that random left tackle part, if he sees a chance that maybe if the rookies don't work out that he's got a chance of swapping to left tackle. Um, Yeah,
1: he's... I'm, I'm presuming that language has been put in from his agent and his side, hasn't it? So he obviously sees himself as... I mean, that's to get yourself another deal after this deal, yeah. Doesn't it? If you're a left tackle, obviously you're going to get paid more money. So but no, he's obviously a, like you said, second biggest money for a right tackle. So yeah, you see, he's like a steady player. The, the line is held up by him, really, isn't it? In Carolina now, so yeah,
0: and he's only 26 as well. So that's a good age. You'd be 30 after this deal. Uh, and we've seen what well, I know he's no Trent Williams but Trent Williams getting contract all the way through to 38 so he's still probably got another chance for a big deal I think after this which is which is good yeah. um and we spoke about in free agency they had a lot of money and they've got a lot of money next year as well just because how poor the roster's been over the last couple of seasons so I don't see any point of letting your best offensive tackle walk when you could just pay him some money uh and he's 26 so I think it's a it's a good deal all around. Um, let's move on then to uh, definitely some more sad news. So Richard Sherman, this story, we've been talking about it for a couple of days now in our group chat, and it's been, it's been a bit of a roller coaster, hasn't it? The charges haven't made sense, the descriptions haven't made sense. There's then like leaks of a second arrest for hit and run, and then they announced that the hit and run was just a bollard, so I don't really see how that's classified as a hit and run. Uh, it's now been dropped to a no felony charge. It's all a bit complicated, but I guess the basics are... He was arrested, uh, it's turned out to be a misdemeanour now, um, for trying to break into his father-in-law's place, I think. Uh, His current wife's uh, father's house. Uh, Very drunk. Um, There's a really bad 911 call. Um, That's just not good uh, to listen to about his... I think that's his wife, isn't it, that's on the phone that's uh, talking about how he he is mentally. Uh, And it wasn't nice to listen to at all, was it?
1: Yeah, and then, obviously, this morning, then the video was come out hasn't it like the, the yeah the ring doorbell or whatever cam that they've got and he's banging on the door and he's quite drunk isn't it yeah it's a it's a really sad situation actually because he's see, like actually what's been there's nothing pleasing that can really come immediately from a story like this but it's good to see that people have actually in the media and fans got the benefit of the doubt and people's first reaction was this is actually quite out of character yeah so actually this guy has probably got some deep seated issues somewhere that need to be worked out
0: yeah i think overall i guess takeaway from this is from all the research that i've done slash uh, seen reported on twitter from good sources that everyone should remember they need to check reliable sources here and there wasn't any domestic abuse like the charge kind of indicated Um, so he's not hitting his wife or kids or anything stupid like that that everybody was kind of indicating Um, and in the end they've reduced it because there was no burglary he was just trying to break in to to, to get to his family for whatever reason we don't know what's happened but uh, that's kind of all it was but the original charges made it seem much worse and then he basically was just I think from reports seems like he was drunk and hit his car into a bollard and and that got classified as a hit and run so there's no felony charges hopefully Court wise, there's there's no issue. I know the judge released him uh, and did say initially before the hearing and did say that he's been a pillar in this community in Seattle uh, and he's helped a lot of kids' lives and stuff. So it's nice for the judge to recognize that. And overall, let's just hope Richard gets the help he needs. He's not signed to a team at the moment, which I think is a good thing because I think that could cause more of a distraction. I think now he can just focus on himself and not worry about uh whatever's going on, on on the pitch i think that he can focus on off the pitch and for more reports apparently his friends have been worried about him for a couple of months so whether that's because he hasn't been signed and he's struggling mentally with work or whatever we don't know but uh, let's just hope he gets the help he deserves because he's a good guy from everything you read isn't he so yeah absolutely yeah um cool all right well that's the only news we have then um in terms of the nfl still a little bit slow i think the dallas cowboys are in training camp in six days so once that starts kicking off, we're going to get more and more news as the weeks go on. But let's move on to the AFC South then. Uh, quite a fun division, a very UK-based division with the Jags in here. The Titans have also been to the UK many times now as well. So uh, we'll kick it off with the records. So uh, last year, the Titans won the division, eleven and five. Uh, the Colts second in the division, also eleven and five, but the Titans had the tiebreaker. Texans four and twelve last year, uh, and the Jags were one and fifteen. Uh, and Patrick, when I wrote this down, I wrote down 1-15. in 15, and I just couldn't believe it. Like I remember they only won one game. But when I saw it in writing, I was like, oh, my God. When you look at the division, the win totals, the lowest is 4.5 in the whole league. And if you think the Jags only won one game last year, that is a hell of a tank job, isn't it?
1: Yeah. I mean, it was the first game, wasn't it, from memory, that they won? Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was the first game of the season, yeah. <laughs> and then they just shut up shop after that. And it was like, <laughs> tried to gut themselves. I mean... It works, I guess. Really, actually, if you if you kind of like cash your mind back to kind of like the middle of last season, when they still only had one win, people were still all in on the Jets getting Trevor Lawrence. If you remember, no one was really even talking about the Jags until yeah, the Jets pulled off an improbable win, I think, against the Raiders, wasn't it? And then all of a sudden it was like, oh, he's going to Jacksonville now because you knew that they were not going to win another game.
0: Yeah, and it is the it, well. If I was a Jags fan, it'd be horrible to watch week in, week out. But at the end of it, when you come out with Trevor Lawrence, you're just aren't you just die, don't you? And that's just the perfect.
1: Yeah, per- perfect, perfect no title. fans in the stadium as well last season. It was the perfect yeah. time to be bad.
0: Yeah, true, very true. Um, cool. Well, let's kick it off then with the division winners from last year. Then the Titans, like I said, eleven and five last year. Their win total was a bit lower than I thought. Uh, it's nine point five. Yeah, slightly less than I thought. These do differ. I have basically found the best. Uh, So 9.5 is the lowest that you'll find. There is a couple of tens out there in America, but 9.5 is what we can get over here. Uh, Roster additions then this offseason was a bit of a weird one. So they signed Bud Dupree to a big contract. Uh, Janoris Jenkins got a one-year deal. Josh Reynolds got a very cheap deal. It's come over from the Rams. Obviously, Julio Jones' trade was just absolutely huge. And then the draft, the only kind of main names that I think are going to play... A lot of snaps are Caleb Farley and Dylan Reduns, uh, so a corner and a tackle. Uh, roster losses: uh, Corey Davis, Jonu Smith, Adore Jackson, Malcolm Butler. That's basically their starting tight end, their starting corners, and their starting receivers. They have lost a lot of pieces, uh, and the other key loss is obviously Arthur Smith, the OC. So I guess let's start off there with Arthur Smith. Uh, Todd Downing comes in to replace him as the OC. Todd Downing didn't do very well in his time in the AFC West, I must say, but. Uh, I guess you'd hope things maybe could change. There's rumours he's going to run the same system, which I think could be a negative if you don't know that system and you're trying to run it. But what are your thoughts on them losing Arthur Smith? Do you see it making much of a difference in the for the whole season? Or do you think it'd be a short-term problem? What are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I mean, it could be big, couldn't it? But the personnel that they have at the top end of the roster being Tannehill, Henry and Julio, I think can pull you out of that
0: and AJ Brown as well
1: yeah of course AJ Brown so it's like I know Downing he's he's had quite a lot of jobs he seems to move kind of every single year, doesn't he I'm just having a look now he's Vikings Rams Lions he was there a couple of years in the Bills Raiders back to the Vikings then on to the Titans so he's
0: He's one of those guys, when you hear these uh, podcasts about coaching changes and everybody mo- moans, obviously, that there's never much new blood in the NFL. We have a big problem, don't we, with African-American coaches like Eric bien never getting a job. Uh, and it's kind of like Todd Downing. It's not his fault, but he's the exact like typical coach, isn't he, that ha- it causes these issues? Because he seems to get a job every year, no matter what's happened to him previously. It's like almost who you know sort of thing at times
1: yeah absolutely because he's been obviously an oc hasn't he just for one season that was with the raiders
0: yeah they were bad as well
1: (laughs) yeah other than that he's been you know titans coach qb coach and he's just early in his career was just the quality control for the offense and defense what most coaches start out don't they but yeah it's it's not inspiring is it
0: no it's not it's not but i guess so your your hope would be um obviously roster talent is, is a key uh, and the fact that they've got the same head coach, at least in terms of scheme, that that should hopefully override the OC potentially. And you're you're still hoping this offense could be quite good for the yeah, season.
1: Yeah, so I mean, you look at Julio, AJ Brown, Josh Reynolds. That is a really, really top tier three receiver set, isn't it?
0: Yeah, it is. Yeah, and when you have got uh, Henry back there to distract people from the pass, I think that can uh, that can only help as well. And I was having a look at their O line. So their O line does get a lot of plaudits. Uh, mainly because they're absolutely huge guys, which they definitely are. But they're, they're starting O-line projection-wise. Uh, again, for this year, is going to be Taylor one, Roger Safford used to play for, obviously play for the uh, Rams. Ben Jones at centre. Nate Davis and Dylan Ray Duns. And I was quite high on Ray Duns in the draft. He'll play right tackle there rather than left tackle, which I think suits him quite well. And for me, I think the whole offence, including the line, is one of the stronger ones now in the AFC. Because I think that line doesn't really have a weak spot. It doesn't, it's not the best O-line, do you know what I mean? Like, the Chiefs have got a couple of players that are, like, top tier. And then they've got a couple of, like, oh, we're not sure who's going to play there. Whereas the the Titans are purely, like, right, that's their starting five. Uh, they'll play every game they're healthy. They're all solid. They're all good. They, they all don't make loads of mistakes. So I quite like the O-line. I think it works well with this
1: offense. Yeah, no, I I agree with you. The depth is there. I mean, Taylor Lewan, one of the best, isn't he? Yeah. The NFL. So, no, uh, i do really like it. i think they're quite deep and i've liked them for the past couple of years it was obviously it was the season before last wasn't it when they got to the afc championship game and didn't they have a lead in that game as well
0: uh what against the chiefs yeah Oh, yeah, they did. Everyone had a lead against us then. They were seventeen three 17-3 up, they were, and then Mahomes
1: yeah, had that, had it, that huge yeah.
0: bomb, and then he did that like 40-yard run, didn't he, before halftime, and it kind of killed the Titans. So they've you know, got, they much. have
1: gotten close to the Super Bowl, haven't they, like in the last couple of years? Obviously, last season, 2013, they lost to the Ravens, and then the wild card, so that was quite disappointing for them. But, yeah. no, I do like the roster. I do like what they've done with, Julio over Corey Davis. It, obviously, you'd maybe say for for the long run, you'd maybe pick Davis. But right now, you add in Julio to that roster, and it's it's like, and they're going to be they're tooling up partly because obviously the AFC, as we know, is the stronger conference on yeah. paper and in action really depth wise. So,
0: yeah, well, I think Julio Jones last year was top for um, depth of target. So he's still running great routes. He's still getting open down the field. It's just he had those hamstring problems that he's had for about 18 months. But before that, he was relatively an iron man, to be honest. It was just last year that he had those knocks. It's not a long-term problem for him. I know he gets old, he's older and people spoke about it, but I don't think it's necessarily a long-term <laughs> problem. So I think for the next two seasons, they probably upgraded with Corey Davis. I think I agree with you. I think Corey Davis got a four-year deal, and that's apparently what he wanted from the times. I think for four years arguably you may take davis because julio in year three and four could kind of go downhill but they've only got him for two years at the moment till they re-sign him so i think that uh, i think it's a clever move to win now and i think they're definitely win now mode their qb is not young you know what i mean he's not the youngest qb in the league so i think even in that sense they're pretty much win now so i like their offense i think overall we'll talk about it as we go but i'm not as high on the whole division i think as most people um I think that I'm a bit further down on all four teams, including the Titans, but definitely not because of their offense. I think it's because of their defense. If we move to that side of the ball, obviously they've changed their corners completely. Um, I know we both, especially me, I love Caleb Farley. If it works out, but he's got historic back issues. Uh, Janoris Jenkins is good, but not great. But he's solid. Bud Dupree, I'm worried about that contract. We spoke about that before, didn't we? That they paid him a huge amount of money, and he's been coming off an ACL as well.
1: Yeah, he is, yeah.
0: So that does worry me. So what are your thoughts on the defence? Because pass rush-wise is clearly their weak spot, and there's kind of no way, apart from maybe signing Melvin Ingram or Olivier Vernon, who are both older, that you could fix that now. But for me, I think the pass rush is very average, and the corners could be really good, or they could be average. It's, it's difficult to know with their injuries, but what are your thoughts on their defence?
1: Yeah, it's, it's a mixed bag, isn't it? I do love um, Jeffrey Simmons in the middle. I think him and Hamilton make quite a good interior pairing, but you yeah, know Danica Waltry and then Harold Landry on the outside. It's not amazing, is it?
0: No, they they got two good linebackers as well. Not great, but good in Brown and Evans. Um, yeah, very yeah, very good against the run, but again against the pass with the lack of edge and the, the linebackers. Jenkins is a bit of a hit and miss corner. Farley could be literally could be amazing or he could be average. And then you got, what, Kevin Bayard and Hooker, pretty good as well in the secondary. I think overall... Yeah,
1: I do, I do like the, the safeties, actually, because they got Elijah Mulder, didn't they, in the draft as well. So I think this safety, I think Bayard is really, really good.
0: Yeah, it's a little bit similar to the Bills for me. I think one really good corner, potentially, the other side being a weakness. And I think if you're going in the AFC, you're going to face a lot of good uh, kind of passing attacks. And I do worry about that outside. Um what are your thoughts on pass rush? Do you think they'll add anything uh, late on? A veteran to try and improve it? Or do you think that maybe a trade? Or you think they're just going to stick with it and see how they go? Because they got Richard Weaver late in the draft. But again, that's like a fifth round pick. So you're not expecting much, are you?
1: No, not at all. I, I wouldn't expect them to do anything to break the mould. Do you know what I mean? I wouldn't expect them to make a splash. If they could maybe sign someone late on on a one-year deal, I could see them doing that. But I do think that they will... Always going to be a tough out in the playoffs. Do you know what I mean? I'm not yeah. sure that they can go kind of all the way, maybe to the championship game like they did two years ago, but they're certainly going to be a tough out, aren't they? But I think looking back to the offense, it's probably how long can Derek Henry be this durable for?
0: <laughs> yeah, we've been saying that for three years, haven't
1: we? <laughs> yeah, because I mean, you add in another year and can he keep doing it without having? I mean, Jeremy, Jeremy McNichols is backup. It's kind of would have liked to have seen them maybe added something there else in the backfield, maybe so you're not pounding Henry all season long.
0: Well, he got that uh, running record, didn't he? uh last year which is uh, like we we talk about betting a little bit on this podcast uh, I absolutely hammered him to beat that record when there was like four weeks to go and he got that 200 yard game didn't he and I was loving life that that he got that but now we've got an extra game uh I think he'll just want to ha- play all 17 games and go nuts for one more year and just set a 17 game record like first year obviously that everyone's played uh, it wouldn't shock me if Derek Henry had like one more absolutely huge year to be honest but uh let's wrap up the Titans a little bit then. I think going back to the coach, my worry, I, I do agree with you that the offense could be so good that it doesn't matter, but I think people underrate how good Arthur Smith is. I think he's really, really good. Their red zone numbers under Arthur Smith are incredible in terms of how often they score when they get down in the red zone. And I think that's the part of their game that could struggle. So I think they'll still win a good number of games, but I think there's gonna be times where they're getting three instead of seven, and then it makes games a little bit longer. Uh, in terms of staying in them, and I think that that's when they could struggle in the fourth quarter of some games, but, but we'll see. Like I said, 9.5 win total. Uh, where are you going? Are you going to go with an over or an under for this one?
1: It's tough, you know, because I'm just having a look at the schedule now. And this might be the hardest start I've seen so far. They start Cardinals, Seahawks, Colts, and they get the Jets and the Jags, but then they got the Bills and the Chiefs. After that, is a hard first half of the season
0: yeah I did actually that's the one thing you're right actually I didn't write down their their strength of schedule in terms of Warren Sharp's metric who we've used for the for the majority of things uh they are yeah they're right up there with like a 12th hardest schedule so yeah it's like top top in the league and their first half of the year schedule is one of the hardest in the whole of the NFL so it's
1: absolutely horrible the first half is but I guess it kind of depends how good the NFC West teams are going to be again this year, the cars and the Seahawks. So if you're going 9.5, I'm going to go. I really like the times, but that schedule has thrown me. I'm going to go under. Oof, a big under. Uh,
0: so I think originally, when I look around, you could, had the highest number in America was 10. And I think if it was 10, I may be saying under. Um, but the fact it's 9.5 I, I could really see them, this could sound weird again because 17 games but uh, I hate saying it but 10-7 and 7, instead of 10-6, and 6, I could really see a 10-7 team yeah? and they could just win the division on 10-7 on and 7, potentially
1: Yeah I agree with you because I think it's going to be tied isn't it, at the top of
0: the division Yeah I think the games between the Titans and Colts, uh, sounds stupid but I think the two games are just going to decide everything for this division, that's the way I see it um,
1: They've got similarly well, similar starts anyway to the season. Um, crazy, uh, though, those two games, just looking now against the Colts. The, 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 yeah. the second game is the end of October. So, I mean, both teams have still got nine weeks to go after that. That's pretty crazy.
0: Yeah, they normally try and spread them around a bit, didn't they? But we did find out, I can't remember what division we did. Um, one of the divisions we did earlier, they were, it was the NFCs, wasn't it? They were all playing their games against each other right at the end of the schedule. Whereas the NFC NFC South, NFC uh, South. Sorry, seems to be at the start of the year, which I do find a little bit weird. But yeah. I'm I'm going to lean over, and I think they're going to be nine and eight or ten and seven. But I'm going to lean over just because of that offense. Um, it would not shock me if it was Todd Downing one and done again, though. <laughs> but we'll, we'll see, we'll see. I think I think it's got maybe too much talent. However, one injury to uh, AJ, uh, Julio or Henry. And I'd be really worried because that's when I think your scheme becomes more important, you know, when you've got yeah, people, the, people injured. You... The
1: depth isn't quite there, is it? Yeah, yeah, that's why the
0: Chiefs, even though they're not the deepest at times, they do well because of their coach. Uh, very, very similar, actually, to uh, the Patriots back in the day. They never were blessed with wide receivers, but the scheme was so good with Josh McDaniels and having a good quarterback that you didn't need it as much. Whereas I think the Titans, the Titans could struggle. But I'll go over uh, cool. Let's move on to the Colts then. Eleven and five last year as well. I think they only didn't win the division because the Titans beat them in that second matchup. Um, so that was a bit of a killer for them, being 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 obviously lower seed last year. Vegas win total is ten, so they're actually slightly higher than the Titans. They're favourites for the division. Um, roster addition then Carson Wentz, obviously your your boy from uh, from Philly, uh, Eric Fisher from the Chiefs. Um, they re-signed Rhodes and T.Y. Hilton, which I know aren't additions, but I think they were key. They were starters they needed to re-sign. Uh, in the draft, they got Quidi and Odi two edge guys. Again, a position of need. I was a bit surprised they haven't added another wide receiver there, to be honest. Um, and then losses. Obviously, I put Rivers for retirement and Brissette, just because they had a good backup QB, and now they don't really. Um, and then Costanzo retired, who was their starting tackle, which is why they had to get Eric Fisher in uh, late on. So, I guess with the Colts, then, let's start with the obvious. Carson Wentz, obviously, he watched every single game he's ever played, I assume. Uh, and Frank Reich, I guess, is when he was the OC. What are your thoughts on Reich and, and Wentz coming back together? Give me your kind of hopes and, of, of how good you think Wentz could be.
1: This is the kind of thing I've been tossing up in my mind for a while now. Because, and I think the answer still is, man, I'm not sure. A lot of his struggles with the Eagles, obviously he's had bad injuries, which takes its toll on his body, but it took its toll mentally, I think, more than what you've probably seen the average player take. Obviously being the scrutiny of being a franchise quarterback in Philadelphia where the media and the fans are perhaps a little tougher than they would be in Indianapolis. I do think he's going to have a better season than the last 18 months with the Eagles. but Couldn't get much worse, I don't think. <laughs> no, it, you couldn't get much worse. But the thing is, it's a massive gamble because you look up and down this roster and for me, this is a Super Bowl roster. I yeah. genuinely believe that. Maybe, maybe they're missing one wide receiver. But I do r- really like... The Colts roster, and I think the defense is awesome. But yeah, man, you're pinning your hopes on (laughs) awesome Wentz now, and I'm just, I'm just not sure he could come out and if he can be an average QB and not try and push. I felt like with the Eagles at the end, he was kind of trying to push everything, like make tougher throws than really he needed to make, and he just wasn't making the right reads, and yeah. Well, he's got the he's got the famous, well,
0: infamous, I guess, history now of uh, if nothing's there, very quickly, he'll tuck and run and he'll tuck and run into really dangerous situations where he's getting absolutely, well, you've seen it. He's getting absolutely smashed, isn't he, at times? And he fumbles the ball a lot, doesn't he, as well? Because the amount he gets hit uh, and he just doesn't want to seem to take a sack. Do you know what I mean? He wants to keep every single player alive. And I know that's admirable, but I think that's what caused him more problems. Um, so I do wonder if they can sort that part out mentally. Whether they'll just get less mistakes. I'm not saying he's going to be able to go back to how he was when he was playing like top five MVP votes that season when he won the Super Bowl for the first half. But I do just think maybe he can make less mistakes, which is at least a starting point for a team that's so deep like these guys.
1: Yeah, I mean, that is a great start, isn't it? I wish he would stop tucking and running because he's not as quick as he was. Obviously, now he's yeah. had knee and back injuries. He just doesn't have kind of that body anymore. I don't know if someone needs to. Just coach that out yeah. of him, sort of thing. Because at his best, he can be a, a really, really good pocket passer. When he was at the top level with the Eagles, it's because he was good in the pocket and very good outside of the pocket. But now he's not very good outside of the pocket. Yeah. So just that needs to be improved, just staying in the pocket and knowing when, like you said, to get rid of the ball. I think this offensive line is, if it stays healthy, of course. Oh, I mean the Eagles have a good, solid offensive line the last few years. It was where the foundation to the Super Bowl team was built. But the, last year, it was injured, wasn't it? A lot. Yeah, I the think. injuries took its toll, and that did not help him. But this offensive line that the Colts have got is very good. Yeah, it is it is
0: very, very good to be honest. I think they'll miss Costanza a lot in, in, short term. But yeah, going back to Wentz, I think. Obviously, Frank Wright was the OC, wasn't he? Uh, the year that you won the Super Bowl. Um, so him and Wentz have got a good relationship. Uh, that's basically why this trade was done, wasn't it? And I do think, like, a lot of people are... Because like, this year, the problem was Stafford obviously moved. The draft was quite deep, wasn't it, for QBs. Um, I know you don't like him, but Fitzpatrick had a relatively good year and was a free agent. And I think a lot of people slagged off the Wentz deal because it could be two first-round picks, couldn't it, if it all works out. Um for the Colts they were saying like I can't see why you'd make this deal but there's not many teams that have their, I know he wasn't there, fran- that have no QB basically due to retirement then they find Phil Rivers who does enough to get them to the playoffs then he retires and then you find another quarterback that potentially could be a good start you know there's not many franchises that can actually just find a good start in QB I'm not saying when definitely will be but I think he's got a chance to and I think people kind of miss that that the Colts have done a good job of just fixing the position with hardly any assets Obviously, due to how good they are, they're never low in the draft. So I think they've done quite well at just patching together QB. But the problem is you have to normally have a great QB don't you don't need to win a Super Bowl, I think.
1: Yeah, and I mean, this is it now. I, if he's not good this year and they ended up giving the, the the second pick becomes a first round pick, then he becomes basically worthless, doesn't he? You're not going to get anything for him if it doesn't work out this year.
0: He'll be a Mitch Trubisky when he's going to be a backup somewhere, you think? Yeah. Um, I think he's got, I don't know if he's got one or two years left on his deal. I haven't pulled that up, but I think this is going to be his only year for me starting for the Colts, unless he does really, really well uh, and they just lose for another reason, then potentially. But let's move on to the rest of the offense then. So, Jonathan Taylor, fantasy love uh, of mine personally. At running back. They've got Marlon Mack and Naheem Hines as their back at running back. So that's de- probably for me people talk about the Bucks and stuff but for me that's one of the best uh, tandems at the running back room in the whole league I think. Yeah, um, absolutely. Tight ends. Jack Doyle, uh, Cox who's huge. He's a basketball player so he's huge. Not the best but good tight ends. There's, you don't, Normally teams have great tight ends. I think those two are quite uh, good enough. Uh, wide receiver though. What are your thoughts on their wide receiver room? they got some young guys. I know Pittman Jr and Paris Campbell struggled with health. But they, they were good prospects, but again, to struggle with health. T.Y. Hilton was good until a couple of years ago when injuries took over him. Are, are you worried about the wide receiver position at all compared I'll to the running out. back?
1: Uh, as a committee, it's okay. Zach Pascal as well, J.J. Nelson with Campbell, Pittman and Hilton. But they lack a number one for me. Yeah. Unless Pittman can step up this year, they do lack like that number one for me, which could slightly hold them back. But the offense as a whole is it's deep, isn't it?
0: Yeah, it is. Yeah, the O line is obviously good. Braden Smith, right tackle, he'll get a huge deal uh, this year now with that right tackle deal we spoke about in the in the new segment. Start for Mott and I think Braden Smith is incredible. He's probably the second best right tackle in the league, and he's just going to get an absolute crazy payday. I think um, Quinton Nelson as well is going to get paid. He's the best left guard. Ryan Kelly's a top five center, so they've got literally one of the best o lines in the league but left tackle uh, Eric Fisher a man that I know very well unfortunately got injured just for the Super Bowl and it kind of sent the Chiefs into a bit of a spiral with that he's probably not going to play before October uh, and then it's still an Achilles injury so for me I don't know if you'll get the best Eric Fisher till November and, and to be honest he wasn't as good as last year so are you worried about left tackle at all they're probably gonna have to start Sam Tevy or Julian Davenport who are both pretty bad in the short term do you think that could be a like a a way for the Colts to start badly and maybe Wentz get in his own head, because if that left tackle position's bad, I could be a little bit worried for them for the first month of the season.
1: Yeah, yeah, I see where you're coming from there, but I do think the strength of the line overall should be able to plug it up. Do you know what I mean? I don't... I mean, he seems to be in a, a better place, Wentz, but, I mean, we're going to find out because the second game of the season... They have the Rams.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know, I just saw that so, um, Donald.
1: <laughs> so they got Donald there, so you're gonna it's gonna take two men to block Donald. So you one on one on the outside. So then you're gonna find out immediately, aren't you? Yeah. What kind where he's at mentally, because he is gonna there's nothing you can do really, is it? Donald's gonna get in even against like, you know, Kelly if you got Ryan Kelly, Quinton Nelson there, he's still taking up two of your best offensive linemen.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think that that is a worry. Um, In terms of strength of the schedule, I didn't say it then, but they've got the sixth best uh, in terms of rest, like we spoke about every single week, in terms of rest, back-to-backs, away games, who they play. So, overall, they have got a good schedule. But, unfortunately for them, with the Fisher injury, it's the start of the schedule. That's the harder part, um, where they go Seahawks, Rams, Titans, Dolphins, Ravens. That's a pretty tough start, I think. (laughs) That is a tough start, yeah. Yeah, this the, the last two teams we spoke about. They've got two of the toughest starts, but yeah, I just think that left tackle position in those games. Thankfully for them, the Seahawks and Titans we just spoke about don't have a great rush, so I think that's going to help them. Um, I just think that Rams game. I'm already targeting that as a better uh, as a fantasy person that. I would stay away from the Colts on that week, just because I think their defense could cause them problems. But they've got a couple of other teams coming up around that that are good, but their weakness is pass rush. So that could always, that could always help them get off to a better start. We'll see. I think Wentz needs to start well for his for his confidence. Uh, let's move to the other side of the ball then. Um, defense, obviously, pass rush was an issue for them. They went with Quitty Pay, someone I know that you really really like. So do you think him and DeForest Buckner together are going to be enough for them to have a really really good rush this year?
1: Yeah, I think it will be above average. And then with the adding in the, the linebackers and then the yeah. secondary that's I really like as well. I think I think that will be enough. I mean what well, they got eleven wins didn't they last season? I think that the line there, those two guys I mean I love DeForest Buckner as well.
0: Good trade that wasn't it in the end.
1: Yeah, it was, yeah, very good.
0: Yeah, I like it. I think they need a rush because I don't dislike their corners, but I don't think they're immense one on one corners. Um Xavier Rhodes was really bad and then last year he was actually back to back to being a good level player. So hopefully he can, can kind of carry on with that. But Kenny Moore or Rocky Sin is the other corner I worry about. So I think they need a good pass rush. So I quite like that pick of Quiddy Pay as well. I think Odie Yingbo would just be like a a kind of extra man, only I don't think he'll actually play many snaps. Because I think on the other side they've got Torrey, haven't they? Uh, and I think they've got Mohammed as well, back up. Uh, edge rusher, so they've got some options there. Uh, I just think that Quiddi—they all—I think they're relying a lot on Quiddi Pay personally to to start start the rush for them. I don't think they'll be great unless he's very very good on defense.
1: Absolutely, we'd also be remiss to not mention one of the best linebackers in the NFL, Darius Leonard.
0: Yeah, another man who wants a payday.
1: Yeah, absolutely. They got a few of them. That's why they kept all that cap space that we
0: all wanted them to spend. It was just to keep their own guys. But yeah, I think their defense is good. Like you said earlier, their linebackers are great. Um, their interior defensive line is very, very good with Butner Woods and Stewart. I, I, write, I like that a lot. Quiddy Pay, me and you are both quite high on. I think you're probably a little bit higher on him than me, but I think he could be good. I think secondary's alright, the safeties are good. I think overall, it's a good defence and a good offence, you know. But there's much weakness there, which is nice. Um, like I said then, overall, Nine, uh, sorry, 10, ten wins is their Vegas total, their favourites slightly over the Titans they were uh, when I got these notes together and what are your thoughts on 10 wins, thinking over?
1: Oh it's tough is it
0: As, as a Wentz went, believer
1: <laughs> Yeah well that's the problem, I went under on the Titans but uh, it's an under at a push isn't it it's like kind of 9 or 10 wins you look through the schedule, the Colts uh, feel like it's the same but 10 wins I'm gonna go under. Ooh, going under on
0: the division, I like it.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna go under, but I do actually really rate both teams as really solid AFC teams, so it wouldn't surprise me that one of them went over. I do think it would be the Colts if Wentz is if Wentz can be good. Good, yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh I'm going under as well because I don't have that connection to Wentz. And I just looked at statistics from last year and it's just the worst. He's basically 32 out of 32 in nearly every important category. Um, And I like Frank Reich, but yeah. And I think Wentz is happier there as a person. Like All the reports you read, he seems quite happy, which I do think makes a difference. I think he struggled in Philly. He fell out with the receivers a lot, didn't he? Uh, Because he used to pass tight ends a lot. The media used to kind of over-dramatise that and say the players didn't like him. So I think that he'll be happier then. I think he could be okay. but I think I have to lean under. Um, And if I'm going over Titans under Colts, I quite like that. I think Colts get nine wins, Titans get 10 or 11. I think that would be about right. Um, But in your scenario, they're both probably going to get nine wins if they both go under. They're going to be tied again, and it'll probably be uh, the record against each other that decides the division, which seems like it is every year at the moment for these two.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah, it's a close division, to be fair. Texans obviously used to win it all the time, but but not anymore. Um, <laughs> on to the Texans then. We'll talk about them, them third, even though I think they're the team that people want to talk about the least, just because they did finish third in the division last year with a 4-12 and record. Their Vegas win total is 4.5, which I think we're going to have a very interesting <laughs> conversation about, about later. I'm ready. Um, <laughs> I'm ready
1: already.
0: <laughs> yeah, roster additions was tough here because they added like 31 players. And I did not want to sit here uh, on a podcast and read a list of 30-odd players. I think that would be very boring. Um, So PFF graded their best signings as Kevin Pierre-Lewis, Philip Lindsay, Desmond King, which I guess they're just players that will start probably for them. Uh, Losses, uh, Will Fuller and JJ Watt are the most important ones, I guess, but they did lose a few other backup pieces. They used a couple of offensive linemen. They used a couple of people in the secondary, um, but nothing too major. Uh, and I also wrote Ross, roster losses to Sean Watson, a question mark. Uh, and I guess I want to start with Watson before we actually talk about the rest of the team. Um, we don't talk about him a lot because I don't think we necessarily judge him as a very good person, unfortunately. Uh, but in terms of football, do you think he's going to play at all? Like, doesn't. and if he does.
1: Is it, it doesn't look like he's going to play, does it, at all? I mean, there's not an incredible amount of concrete news
0: No, it's gone slow
1: a bit, hasn't it? it. Yeah, it's really slow, which makes me believe that he's probably not going to play. (laughs) Yeah,
0: that's my opinion as well, I think. I think even if he's allowed to play, uh, well, so I think the court cases could drag on so long that he's not actually in any legal issue, like, like he's not actually found guilty at the point the season starts, but I think the NFL would be real kind of risky for the for them to even let him play I think they'll put him on like a suspension like they've done with other people like Antonio Brown whilst his court case is going on I think they could suspend him um, and even if they don't suspend him I don't think he'll play for the Texans because he basically wants to leave so I think he probably wants to get all this court case stuff out of the way he will hope that he's found innocent from from what you read I don't think there's any way that he can be truly innocent from everything but obviously we're not, we're not involved with that but that's just my personal opinion I think he'll just not play, even if he's allowed, uh, until he gets a trade. And I think, unfortunately for the Texans, so much is going to happen with him personally that I think if they ever do trade him, it'll be a terrible trade. I don't think he'll be as good as what they could have got a year ago, just because I think that character-wise, he's kind of been assassinated. And I think it'll take a big team to have like big shoes to say, right, let's trade for Deshaun Watson. You know? Like, I know you're Eagles. Uh, and the Dolphins, they're the two teams that are connected with it just because of the assets. But as an Eagles fan, would you want your team to, to trade for Watson, or would you be against it? I think most people would be against it, right?
1: Yeah, I think...
0: Right now, anyway.
1: Right. Yeah, right this second, if a trade come, came through, I'd be slightly concerned, just because of the all the uncertainty around it. But in, I don't know, in eight months' time, if it turns out that it's all going to be brushed under, and the, the whole Case has finished and done with. I would snap me an hand off for Deshaun Watson. I Mm. think he's top tier athlete quarterback in the NFL. Uh, I think he's uh, incredible. He's just unfortunately shackled with the end of Bill O'Brien's tyranny, isn't Mm. he? And roster building. So no, I mean, yeah. Aside from his. Legal issues. I mean, Deshaun Watson's absolutely incredible, and I'd love him to be the quarterback of the Eagles. But yeah, I, I'm just not sure what's going to happen there. To be honest with you, he might not even. You know, who knows? He might not ever play again. But yeah, you you go if he goes to prison,
0: would. you don't know, do you?
1: No, exactly. Yeah, it's from everything I read, I
0: think it's, it sounds very. Uh... It sounds very guilty to me, uh, to a point from, from the research that, that I've done. Obviously, you could always be wrong. But, and I think even if it gets swept under the carpet with dodgy evidence or payoffs or women deciding to withdraw because it's too emotionally hard for them to go through it for years, because this court case could last years with that many people, uh, I, do wor- I, just wouldn't, I don't think I'd ever want to trade for him, even though he's great, because I'd always be worried that he's a scumbag behind the closed doors. But it's difficult to know, isn't it? A lot of players have uh, done some bad things and come back for them. I think it's... Uh, it's a tough one, for sure. We'll have to say that the news has definitely slowed down, which I think I agree with you, actually. I think it's a bad sign for 2021 that the news has slowed down. I think if it was going positively, you'd have his agent just piping out positive news but new about him and like kind of making the, the people that have come against him seem bad, whereas there's been no news for like two months now. So I, I think that, that says quite a lot. But if he's not going to start a quarterback, then uh, we've got Davis Mills and Tyron Taylor and the famous Jeff Driscoll in the QB room I would start Davis Mills personally and just say right if you're terrible we're going to get the first pick and get Spencer Rattler who I love and if you're good then we've got a second round pick or third round pick whatever he was Um, and he's better than we thought and we could either flip him for more or potentially start him in the future what are your thoughts because I I would start Mills but I'm worried they could go with Tyrod
1: they're definitely going to go with Tyrod I think it's, I mean, it got a new head coach as well, David Cully, first time head coach. at. I can't actually remember how old he is. he's quite old. He's
0: 67 it? in the sense of that. Yeah, old that?
1: yeah 65 years old, first time head coach. I just don't believe there's any way that Taylor doesn't start. I mean, he's probably, if you looked down the rosters, I would say he could be the top three backup QB. In the league. But unfortunately he's going to be your starter. Probably this season. So I mean when you look down this roster. It's quite (laughs) worrying isn't it?
0: Yeah it is. Well let's do that now. Like Let's have a look at the roster. So if we go offence. I found this hilarious. Their running backs are David Johnson. Philip Lindsay. Mark Ingram and Rex Burkhead. That sounds like a 2016. Minus Lindsay to be fair to him. But a 2016 backfield. That's like. I don't know. Maybe they're an all-star backfield. Uh, they're so old, aren't they? David Johnson, Mark Ingram, Rex Burkett as well. No spring chicken, but that's a bit of a worry. Wide receivers. I like Brandon Cooks. It would not shock me if they want to tank that someone could trade again for Brandon Cooks. I feel like he's the most traded man in the NFL, but it would not shock me. Their other receivers are Randall Cobb, Chris Conley, uh, Kiki Kuti. um, Tight ends. They got Jordan Atkins or Akins now, and Brevin Jordan, who they drafted. Uh, not great. Left tackle, obviously, Larry Tunzel. Uh surprised he didn't get traded, to be honest. And the rest of the line is just awful. We've got Sharping, Toner, Marcus Cannon, who I don't like too much. Titus Howard, who I don't rate either, as a right tackle. I think that offense is probably, if Sean Watson doesn't play, it's probably the worst in the NFL, would you say?
1: Yeah, I mean, if you're taking Watson out and you're ignoring that, I think they'll be good at the goal line. I like Mark Ingram, can punch anything in at the goal line. I, I like that, but... Yeah, he's, I didn't I realise we'll it, it, it was such an eclectic mix in the, the running back room. It was shame what well, I to David Johnson, really, because he was a premier catching running back, wasn't he, for one season. But, yeah. but I find that a bit... Um, I see why he's done it. I
0: think Lindsay got quite a good deal to come for one year. But I think he's just... Maybe. Uh, he's played like a starting running back for Denver. I just think they got a bit excited and spent all that money on Melvin Gordon. Um, and it kind of screwed him over a little bit, I think. But I think he's actually a good running back. I think he'll be the starter for the Texans for a year. Um, but yeah, the offense is just not great. I, if I was someone, I, like, as a Chiefs fan, for example, if I was a Packers fan, I'd be calling to trade with Brandon Cooks just to see what they take, because I just don't think he'll want to stay with them, to be honest, especially if the quarterback's Tyrod Taylor. Uh, but let's move on to defence then. Um, we will go for it, rush through it a little bit. The edge rushers with JJ gone is not a lot there. I know Whitney Merciless has stayed, but he's had injury issues. Zach Cunningham is very good, actually, uh, as a linebacker. I think he's a very, very good player. Bradley Roby's OK as a as a corner. Um, and Justin Reed and Eric Murray are OK in the safety region, but just OK. The, the depth is not great, to be honest. Uh, the defensive line is not great. And I just think, again... A lot of people are going to score points, I think, on the defense.
1: Yeah, definitely. I do like um, Cam Grusia. Hill came from Miami last season. Their cornerbacks also feature one of my most disappointing cornerbacks of the last ten years: is Vernon Hargreaves. (laughs) I absolutely loved in college, and has not been good, I think, in the NFL.
0: Now, Traymond Smith as well is another one who was supposed to be good in college and then he's their like fourth choice corner now so yeah, they've got a few they've got a few reclamation projects haven't they they've, it's almost like they've decided just to get loads of veterans in that know the league that they hope are good people do you know what I mean and they just kind of say right this is the team we're not going to win many games but we shouldn't lose loads however I think they're wrong with that um, I th- yeah I just think they just brought in loads of veterans to make the floor of the team higher but unfortunately the ceiling's so low they're gonna to struggle to win games, I think.
1: Yeah, it is, and it probably all depends on what does happen with Watson. If it ends positively for his court case, it does look like he doesn't want to play for the Texans anyway. But if yeah. that ends well, then you probably you you still will get a decent haul for him, plus your own pick coming up this year, which is gonna to be top five, surely.
0: Yeah, you, we'll talk about the over-under in a second, but yeah, you'd think so. Um, yeah, let's go on to the over-under. It is the worst in the whole NFL. <laughs> it's the lowest. It the worst? worst? Yeah, it's the lowest. I'll get him up, up, up actually again. Um, but yeah, it's the lowest by, I think it's the lowest by half a win. Um, and also in terms of uh, the, I've got the odds open here as well for who they think is going to get the first draft pick. So you can actually bet on who's going to have the worst record in the whole league. Uh, the Texans are favourite at 9-4. The Lions are second favourite at 7-2. So those two are basically way out ahead of everyone else. And then it's the Bengals, Jags and Jets at 9-1. to one. So the Texans and Lions are pretty much banged down there, for, for projected to have the worst uh, record in the league. And to be honest, I, I would agree with that, wouldn't you?
1: Yeah, definitely, yeah. I was, I was thinking before, actually all week, when I knew it was going to be the South that was doing, whether I thought that can Houston actually win a game
0: yeah, that's the difficult part. So you got so at some points it's gone up to five now, but you can still get four and a half in a couple of spots. The Lions are the next at five, and then it's the Jags and Jets at six. So the Lions are half a win and better uh, than the Texans at five. But what are your thoughts then? Four and a half wins. Um there is a yeah. bet you there is a bet you can bet, by the way, for them to win no games, which I'll get sure. the odds up. But what are your thoughts? I assume you're going heavy under on the four. Yeah, and I'm round.
1: definitely going I'm definitely going under. But having looked at the schedule, I think early is their chance to get a win on the board. Playing the Jags first week at home. Tex Panthers third week at home. That's a Thursday night game. That is a a ripper of a Thursday night game.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Staying up for that one, mate.
1: Yeah, definitely. But... Yeah, you look down. It's a it's a tough schedule. I do really feel for the for the head coach actually. But I'm definitely going under on four and a half wins.
0: Yeah, same for me. Make it quick. Definitely under. They're actually twenty eight to one to not win a game, which I don't hate. <laughs> I maybe mean, I want a bit better than twenty eight to one, but yeah, I think they're so bad that it was definitely an option. But yeah, for me, under four and a half, I think they're clearly gonna have the worst record, which probably means Spencer Atta, So. Long term, they might be quite happy about that, but it's going to suck, I think, to be a Texans fan for, for the season, for sure. Yeah,
1: it's not going to be great, is it?
0: No, definitely not. Uh, right, let's move on then to the Jags then. A uh, bit more of an up-and-coming team, but they were 1-15 last year, so I guess they were the Texans of last year. Uh, Vegas winter was 6.5 um, at the moment on the ones I've got. So uh, you can get six in places, but a lot of UK places, again, which are most of our listeners are six and a half. Uh, roster additions, uh, free agency, obviously Marvin Jones, Shaquille Griffin, who we both love, Tyson Alu- Alulua, uh, who's good as well. In the draft, Trevor Lawrence, that's the big one, isn't it? Um, Travis Etienne as well. Tyson Campbell, which is a shocking, a bit of a shocker first-round pick. And they've got Walker Little as well, who I loved um, later in the draft to play tackle for them. Uh, players they've lost, not a lot, to be honest. They've lost Chris Conley to the Texans and Keelan Cole to the Jets. they kind of third and fourth wide receiver. Um, so nothing major there. Uh, Urban Meyer back in the league, I think that could potentially go terribly or it could go very well, I don't quite know, but um, let's kick it off then with the quarterback and coach. What are your thoughts on Trevor Lawrence and Urban Meyer coming together for the
1: Jags? Yeah, I mean, Lawrence has a no-brainer, wasn't he? He was incredible in college, amazing poise. He it doesn't quite look right in I felt like he would look better in an iconic jersey rather than <laughs> teal, do you know what I mean? But, yeah. Mate, Urban Meyer, I just don't know what's going to happen here. Three times <laughs> national championship winning head coach, you know, part of an offensive kind of genius he's been seen in college. He's had success absolutely everywhere from, you know, the Martin West, the Mac, the Big Ten, the SEC, everything. I just... I think this is going to be absolutely, it's going to be boom or bust this season. It's going to be absolutely shocking and they're going to win 10 games or they're going to be really bad.
0: Yeah, what were your thoughts on him in college? Because obviously you are more of a college fan, which I think everybody knows, um, than me. Uh, As a college coach, when he was around the game back then at college, I know he had some recruiting stuff, he had some issues off the field. What were your thoughts of him as a coach? Did you just love him? Did you love his offence?
1: I would say that who hasn't had their issues with recruiting. You've either done it or you've not been caught for it. (laughs) So, no, I mean, his resume speaks for itself, but Ohio State, Florida, Utah. So, no, he was, I was shocked, to be honest with you, when the story came out that it looked like it was going to be Urban Meyer because I did expect him to just go back to college at some point. So, yeah, he always has, like, you know, his health issues and that.
0: Yeah, he kind of, has had some health problems, hasn't
1: he? Brings to the end of his reign everywhere. But, yeah, it's... Interesting one, isn't it? When he, was at, when he was at Bowling Green, really, that's when it started. He was Bowling Green to Utah is when he really got rolling. And then, obviously, at Florida, thing think, is he had the roster and... Yeah, Tebow. Yeah, Tebow. Yeah, Timmy's reunited with Tim, isn't he,
0: this year, but. Yeah, I did say on my notes, try not to talk about Tebow once for the whole segment, but I mentioned him off my own back straight away, which is a bit disappointing. But um, no, he's loved, isn't he, Urban Meyer in Florida area because of this. Obviously, Jacksonville is in Florida. So I think fan-wise, team fit. It's quite good, isn't it, team fit? Apparently, he got paid a lot of money as well for the job, which doesn't shock you. Um, So yeah, it's interesting. I think it's going to be one and done, or it's going to be like a three or four year, like, oh, they did quite well, you know. I don't think it's going to be any like... Dragging it out, I think they're either going to be so bad that he's gone or he's actually going to do well and stay with Trevor Lawrence long term. I think,
1: yeah. Um, I mean, you look up and down, just having a look up and down the depth chart now, it is quite good.
0: Yeah, if you start of the offense, we've got Trevor Lawrence is going to start obviously quarterback, running backs, and be Etienne and Robinson. Um, they've said they're going to do three running back system Carlos Hyde, but I think Carlos not... Hyde
1: as well. I mean, Carlos yeah. Hyde's a nice third running back.
0: Yeah, but I don't think you should take snaps off the other two.
1: <laughs> no, Especially
0: okay. with how much James Robinson gets paid. He's a very uh, cheap option. Then at wide receiver, we've got DJ Chark, who I'd really like. I think you really like him as well, don't you? Yeah. Um, Marvin Jones, who's the player they signed this off-season, I think to a one-year deal. Um, Laviska Lis- Chenault, who I absolutely love. And then backing them up, they've got Philip Dorsett, who's not great, but he's okay, isn't he? And then Joshua Matabebe, who we spoke about in the draft as well. He'll be their fifth or sixth choice receiver, probably sixth. Um, so I like that, tight end position is pretty weak to be honest, um, but overall not too bad, and then in terms of offensive line, Cam Robinson has not been as good as everyone wanted him to be, to be honest but they got Cam Robinson and Walker Litter who can play tackle uh, they got Andrew Norwell, Linda Can, who are experienced guards, especially Norwell and Linda, and then Jawan Taylor probably started right tackle again who's an experienced guy, so I think that the whole offence is, it's not great but
1: it's good isn't it? It is good and if Trevor can come in and perhaps elevate some of the players as well because I mean that is something that can't be overstated really I know they've had a complete change with the head coach coming in and whatnot but there's the people that have been there there's there can be nothing like having probably the best or the highest rated college QB in the last 10 years come in and be your quarterback that has to give you a boost as well I do actually think he is going to be really good
0: yeah I, I I, think I'm on your wavelength with that I think he's going to be uh, he's going to be good as well uh, let's move over to the defence then uh, this I think is where they're going to let themselves down a bit more I was quite they're so favourite like they're so low in the fra- well, yeah high or low however you look at it, and the favourites have the worst record but when I looked through the roster, I was a bit surprised about how good it was. But then when you go to the defense, there are a couple of areas where you can see. Uh, and mainly, like we've spoken about quite a lot this, this episode, uh, it's that pass rush, isn't it? I don't think the pass rush is great. I don't really like Taven and Brian that much at all. I think Josh Allen should have been better than he's already been. Um, Joe Schobert rushes a little bit from the linebacker position, but pff, not nothing to be uh, kind of right home about. So I think they're not going to have a great pass rush. But I think CJ Henson, Shaquille Griffin could be two long-term options there at corner. They could start for you for a long, long time. So I love the corners, but I don't think they're going to get much pass rush. Um, so I think that some teams could still score pretty easily against them, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I do like uh, Chase on as well, who will play on the edge. I think he's a, more of a breakthrough year this year. I do quite like Josh Allen. He's perhaps not been as good, good, yeah. as, as, good as, as good as advertised so far, but you know, I mean, Miles Jack is still playing at a good level, isn't he? And, yeah, I quite like Joe Shuba, actually. But, yeah, like you said, the, the safeties, I don't... I'm not really into the signing of uh, Rudy Ford. Obviously, he's played for the Eagles as well. But CJ Anderson I do, and I loved when they got Shaquille Griffin.
0: Yeah, Sydney Jones as uh, with their third. Obviously, they've got Tyson Campbell, like I said. they got loads of corners. Trey Herndon as well is not terrible, like... The filled corner, I imagine one of them will even start slot safety, to be honest, with how bad their actual safeties are. Um Andre Sisko could also play a safety for them. But yeah, it's just pass rush for me, which I think again, next off season for agency and draft, they'll probably target uh pass rush, won't they, to make the next step as a team. But uh, yeah, it's interesting. I think parts of their roster are really strong and parts of their roster are like really weak. I think that another year or so they could be a really good shot as a playoff team, I think, potentially uh, in the AFC. But let's go on to win total then 6.5. Um, I'll ask you both actually because I have just noticed in a lot of places it's swapped to six now. Uh, so if it's 6.5, you're going over and under, and if it's six, would it be the same answer?
1: Um, probably yeah I like them for maybe five or six wins, but do you know what I like about the schedule is I think I don't know you can there's always conspiracies, isn't it whether they set anything up, but I do like the fact that they've got the Texans first, then they've got yeah. the Broncos at home second. the Broncos are fixing to be pretty good, but
0: maybe two few, and oh I
1: think two two nice games there to give you a, yourself a chance,
0: yeah
1: to be two and oh, new head coach new superstar quarterback that is a nice chance then after that they've got the Cardinals Bengals which is quite a nice game but then you go into the, uh, the Titans Dolphins Seahawks Bills Colts do you know what I mean? so it's i probably go six wins to be honest and I do hope what I said earlier that I'm completely wrong about as well whether it's boom or bust I hope they're not horrible because I do like Urban Meyer and I love Lawrence so I just hope it's a steady season with building blocks in place to then push forward.
0: Yeah. Well, I think I've got under on two of them and my Titans are are just about an over. So I think I'm going to be a bit more, a bit more confident. I'm going to go over on the Jags. Really? Um, Yeah. I think I'm going to go seven. I see seven wins. So six or six and a half. I I quite like seven. Um, I didn't mention it my bad on the last two, but uh, in terms of strength of schedule from Warren Sharp's analysis, uh, the Jags have the eighth easiest in the whole NFL as well. Um, in terms of rest and stuff uh, and who they play so i quite like the schedule so i'm gonna go over i'm gonna go seven wins I, I i love trevor lawrence i've always liked him um he's no spencer rattler let's not joke about that but um yeah no i've always loved trevor lawrence so i think he's gonna be very good i go seven wins i think which is good and the texans who we spoke about last just for anyone who does want to bet their schedule is the third worst in the whole nfl and they're terrible so i would just be hammering the under for the texans and I personally might have a little flutter on the over with the Jags, but I could see why people think six wins is probably about right. But we'll see. I think it's going to be a fun season, at least, to be a Jags fan. There's loads of them in there in the UK, so it's nice to see. Uh, Finally, then, let's wrap it up there, mate. You can go first. Division order. Give me your one through four for the AFC South.
1: I'm going to go Colts, Titans, Jags, Texans.
0: Nice. I've gone Titans. Colts, Jags, Texans. We've got the same third team and fourth, but we just swapped to the top, and that does seem very AFC Southy that the Titans and Colts are. So you either like one of them or the other, don't you? That seems to be the uh, yeah, exactly. Seems seems to be the way. But yeah, I think that's good. Um, good division. It's going to be a fun one. I think the games between them often get put on a Thursday night, and they get slagged off a lot. But I think potentially we could see a couple of a uh, couple of good games if uh, Trevor Lawrence is very good. But that wraps up the AFC South. Uh, I think on our next podcast, we're moving on to back to the NFC. We're going to go NFC West, uh, which is arguably the best division in the whole of football, potentially. Um, so that should be a fun one that will be the plan for next week. Remember to go follow us at, at go for two pod, two being the number two. We've also started a fantasy league. It has filled up um, but we may start like a second one like a second division and the winners can face off so DM us if you've got any interest in, uh, in joining that go follow Patrick at Moogs NFL he's got a uh, special offer on at the moment which I know people are, are loving at the moment uh, and we'll be back next week thanks again Patrick for, for joining Yeah, speak to you soon guys